All right. Well, welcome to our podcast, Tax Research Group 12. So we're here going to talk about a situation where a taxpayer and the IRS ultimately disagreed about how to treat the loss of sale of a property, who was right, who was wrong, and why exactly. So the case was Simon versus Commissioner in 2018, where the tax the taxpayer bought a house originally at six ninety five thousand. So the mortgage they took out was five hundred fifty six thousand, and they classified it as residential. So they later converted it to 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 a rental, with then a fair market value of four ninety five. So the taxpayer sold the property, now classified um, that as a rental for three hundred thirty six thousand. But because this was less than the mortgage balance. This was classified as a short sale, meaning the bank agreed to take a lesser amount than the outstanding mortgage and forgave the difference to the taxpayer. The taxpayer claimed a cancellation of debt income and exemption of 220000 basically under Section 108, because they were claiming it as their primary residence. Now on to you, Wes. While the taxpayer claimed Revenue Code Section 108 as the reasoning for their tax return with the primary residence the IRS countered that Rev Code 108 does not apply because the taxpayer wasn't using the property as a primary residence at the time of the sale. Even though the taxpayer claimed they lived there for three years and 10 months out of five years they owned the property, they were not there at the time the debt was discharged but the IRS stated that 108 does not apply in this case. They are, the IRS also took the position regarding the non-secured, non-recourse debt. Under the non-recourse, if a mortgage, if the borrower is not personally liable for the debt and the creditor's recourse is limited to the secured asset and a mortgage's recourse if the borrower is personally liable for the debt. So in this case, under the short sale, the bank had no further recourse in a sense, they could not go after the taxpayer for the remaining $220,000. So the IRS claims that the $220,000 was not forgiven because the bank had no rights to that $220,000 under the non-recourse. So therefore, the IRS claims that the taxpayer had a gain of $61,000. Ultimately, this court, um, or this uh, case made its way to tax court. Um, and the decision was a rejection of the taxpayer's exemption on the cancellation of debt because this mortgage was non-recourse. Um, and the judge uh, ultimately decided on treating this sale of the house uh, similar to gift treatment um, because the original 695 base, uh, basis of the house and the adjusted 495 uh, basis were in between the sale price of 336, sorry, rather it's 556 um, after the 220 cancellation of debt is included in the sale price. Uh, this court, this uh, court case has three positive citations making a good primary authority um, for similar situations. Um, now Ben, I'll turn it over to you to discuss the first relevant citation in this court case. All right, thanks Kyle. So the first court uh, case that was really mentioned there that's relevant is the Tufts versus Commissioner case, where the entire amount of non-recourse debt there is included in calculating the sale price. So that follows right along with uh, Regulation 1.1001-2A4I. 
Uh, back to you, Wes, for section. Yeah, so section 108, we talk about a lot, and it's not necessarily absolving the uh, taxpayer of any debt that's forgiven. What section 108, the intention of it is, is to really just let the taxpayer sit back and punt, get themselves back on their feet again, in the sense that on a go-forward basis, if the taxpayer has any net operating losses or capital loss carry-forwards, any depreciation basis of properties, those amounts have to be offset by any um, of the amount of the debt forgiveness that they received for any uh, debt forgiveness on a non-recourse debt. And Treasury Regulation 1.165-9B2 uh, is the regulation that states that the basis um, in um, assets moved from primary residence to uh, a rental property is the um, lower of the fair market value of the property or the original basis. Um, this uh, is the regulation that um, the taxpayer and the IRS agree on making the basis of the house uh, 495. Um, and however, in this case, um, because the basis would be 495 and the sale price is now 556, including the 220 of debt forgiveness, um, that would require the taxpayer to take a gain, in, other, in, uh, in the words of the judge, a tax uh, on the sale of this house. Um, because this regulation was, um, it was put in place to disallow the um, recategorization of personal losses um, into business losses, uh, this regulation wasn't particularly relevant because it resulted in a gain for the taxpayer. Um, so the judge in this tax case uh, looked to other treatments of instances where there are adjusted uh, and original basis and found that um, there is anal analogous treatment um, in gift treatment um, where the uh, original and the adjusted basis are in between the sale price. Uh, the regulation um, 1.1015-1A2 um, says that in this situation, no gain or no gain or a loss is recognized. So the sale is basically a wash for the taxpayer. Um, bringing this case uh, to 2020, um, we found it relevant um, to the current COVID uh, situation. Um, a lot of people are likely receiving loan forgiveness on certain mortgages uh, due to the economic impact of COVID. Um, and a lot of people have recently um, been converting residential properties into rental properties um, through things like Airbnb. Um, so we found that this case might be particularly relevant in situations where um, loans are forgiven as a result of COVID and are potentially used for uh, rental purposes. Yeah, so the, the litmus test with the IRS is going to be, was the mortgage taken out? Was it non-recourse or was it recourse? All right. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed.